This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the dead internet theory and UFOs. That's correct, the dead internet theory and UFOs. Now, of course, this whole concept of the dead internet theory, most of you probably already are aware, is back around, I don't know, 2016, 2017, uh, that the bots took over the internet. You started to have all of this artificially uh, created content or maybe just content that was just uh, programmed to reappear. And so what happens is it floods the internet uh, with search results. It floods the internet with these uh, just repeating stories that seem to pop up all over the place. So instead of getting thousands and thousands of uh, search results back, uh, it's now documented that you get back maybe three or 400. And this has a profound effect on how we do research. And especially for someone like me with this little program, it has profound effects on uh, how much time it takes to find something insightful to talk about, how much time it takes to uh, find material uh, that brings us a little closer to the truth, which is usually uh, further away from the official narrative. And that's what they want. They, And by they, I think I mean the powers of the deep state, uh, that handful of people that seem to control the news media uh, across the world. Now, just to do a little test, I went to Wikipedia, and I uh, copied and pasted the first couple paragraphs there where they talk about the uh, notion of the dead internet theory, and as you would expect, you know, Wikipedia generally having a pretty liberal bent, uh, sees the whole thing as a conspiracy theory, and anybody who thinks that the internet has been uh, more or less taken over by people with a certain uh, a certain story to tell uh, is a conspiracy theory. Well, here was my experience. I took those first couple paragraphs that were very critical of this idea of a dead internet theory, and remember, it's important to me because it makes it hard to find uh, really honest uh, articles about UFO phenomena. What I'm finding are hundreds of articles uh, debunking UFOs, uh, just name-calling, and then I'm finding a few articles uh, where they really uh, pat the back of the UFO celebrities, where they want all the UFO uh, information and data to pass through the hands of uh, seven or eight uh, UFO mafia members, as I call them. Anyway, I go ahead and I I uh, cut and paste these uh, two paragraphs into uh, ChatGPT to see what it would say. And I ask it to uh, recreate those uh, paragraphs uh, from the viewpoint of somebody who thought that uh, the dead internet theory might be true. Just maybe. Not somebody that's a true believer, not somebody who is a so-called conspiracy theorist, just somebody who's open-minded. Well, a weird thing happened. Uh, the first three times, it would start to, to uh, create the article, and then it just went totally, uh, uh, it, it came up and said that there was an error. Wouldn't give it to me. Chat, BG, Chat GPT was unable, the first three attempts, to give me what I asked for, an unbiased opinion on the dead internet theory. Nope, not going to do it. And the fourth time around, it did come through 
with a rewrite, but it's not really what I asked for. I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, the dead internet theory posits a compelling narrative suggesting that the online landscape is predominantly composed of automated bots and algorithmically generated content orchestrated to manipulate user experiences and shape public perception. Advocates of this theory argue that these intentionally created bots serve the purpose of influencing algorithms, thus enhancing search results and ultimately manipulating consumer behavior. Some go as far as accusing government agencies of deploying these bots to conduct an artificial intelligence-driven gaslighting campaign on a global scale with claims such as, quote, the U.S. government is engaging in artificial intelligence-powered gaslighting of the entire of the entire world population, unquote. Well, you think about that. They're saying that, now, that's, this is supposed to be an unbiased opinion. This is not unbiased at all, from what I can see. But uh, they're using this uh, straw man argument of saying that, that uh, well, the boogeyman uh, conspiracy theorists claim that the, that the U.S. government is engaging in gaslighting and using artificial intelligence to do it. Well, are you aware that the U.S. government is using artificial intelligence to kill people with drones in Ukraine right now? Yeah, I came across that this morning while I was looking around. Yeah, using using these this that's gaslighting. They're telling you that they're trying to free an entire population, but what it appears is happening is is they're test driving killer AI weapons. Now that's gaslighting, telling you that they're doing one thing. And went right in front of you, they're doing something totally different. Anyway, on to the next paragraph. It says, the theory suggests a pivotal moment of transition, often pinpointed around 2016 or 17, where the Internet purportedly shifted from a space driven by organic human activity to one dominated by automated processes. Key indicators supporting this theory include the notable increase in bot traffic, but it's crucial to note that the scientific literature does not align with these claims. Well, here you go. Another unbiased uh, paragraph from ChatGPT. The fact is, if you were using the internet in 2016 and 17 and you were doing any research, that's, I mean, there is can be no doubt in your mind that there were many more search results, that it was a much funner place and that there was much less restrictions on uh, news traffic. It goes on, it says, Carolina Busta, the founder of the media platform New Models, has characterized much of the dead internet theory as a paranoid fantasy in an article for The Atlantic, despite acknowledging legitimate concerns regarding bot traffic and internet integrity. She still concedes to the theory's overarching idea. Robert Mariana, in an article for The New Atlantis, describes the theory as a blend of genuine conspiracy theory and creepypasta whatever that's supposed to mean. So there you go. ChatGPT just continues on with the name calling, continues on uh, pushing this theory that the dead internet theory is an implausible conspiracy theory. It says, while the precise origins of the dead internet theory are challenging to trace, it likely emerged as a theoretical concept on platforms like 4chan or WizardChan in the late 2010s or early 20s. However, discussions surrounding the theory have permeated various online forums, technology conferences, and academic circles, possibly even earlier. The impetus for this theory stems from apprehensions about the Internet's growing complexity, dependence on delicate infrastructure, potential vulnerabilities to cyber attacks, 
and escalating capabilities and utilization of artificial intelligence. Well, that's a mouthful of nonsense, ChatGPT. Actually, what happened was people started to see their, their search results change. They started to see that they weren't coming up with the wide variety of, cho of choices they had. They were, they were being funneled into just one particular lane. That's what people notice. People notice a big difference in search results. And, and really, Google's at the heart of this because these other search engines, whether it's DuckDuckGo, StartPage, you name them, these guys are using uh, Google search engine results. Uh, you might be able to go to uh, Yahoo and something a little bit different. But the reason that the dead Internet theory emerged is because people started saying that they were not getting the same product they were before. So this would be like if you went into a fast food place that normally served, uh, say, seven different burgers, but you walk in, at, you know, on one day there's seven burgers, and the next day there's one burger, and you can get that one burger one way. It's not a conspiracy theory that uh, this restaurant has limited your selection. It's a conspiracy fact. And that's what's happened with your search results. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy fact. And every time one of these big stories comes up with uh, a UFO story, say, whether it's David Grush or, or something Louis Elizondo said or whatever, you see the stories uh, being all directed toward uh, one storyline. And you could even look at the, as you read the articles, you even see the, 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 the same uh, cut and paste techniques where they're bringing in past stories from uh, congressional hearings or they're bringing in this UFO sighting or that UFO sighting. It's just like these stories are being uh, churned out of a, uh, a, an article factory somewhere. Clearly, artificial intelligence. Clearly, a product of the dead internet. Not a dead internet theory, a dead internet fact. Now, uh, the article pretty much finishes up with there talking about... Uh, people misleading the public. So this is the kind of garbage you get when you depend on AI. You ask AI for a unbiased uh, rendition of an article, and after three attempts of uh, basically stroking out and telling you to hit an error, on the fourth attempt, they give you this garbage article that I've just read to you, which doesn't uh, really give you any kind of insightful uh, look at the dead internet theory. It simply engages in uh, name calling and suggesting that people that think that this uh, dead internet theory is a possibility are somehow uh, paranoid or a little off the head. When exactly the opposite is true. Uh, the profit motive to create a dead internet is so overwhelming that it's only surprising that it didn't happen sooner. Now, I want to look at a couple articles talking about this, and this is so important to us especially in this field of ufology because we are being uh, just wrecked in these mainline search engines by not being allowed to see a lot of the really cool information out there. So I think it's important that we seek the stuff out and that when we do find a good source, that we share it. And of course, one of the best sources, I think, for the whole UFO field is personal experiences where people talk about this stuff. This is why I do the UFO roundups. This is why I try to find... Uh, whenever I can, testimonies about people's own personal experience of having encounters with these things. And some of this stuff, it's getting to the point where they are funneling the information uh, so successfully that it's a matter of time before it may not even be found on what we would consider like the regular internet. We may have to try to find uh, totally 
uh, totally alternative methods through social media or whatever to get to the heart of the matter. Now, this next article here I thought was pretty cool. This is from the digitalreader.com, the digitalreader.com. Uh, the title says, did you know Google now limits search results to only 300 to 400 links? This is dated uh, 2019, looks like March 27th, written by Nate Hoffelder. Uh, I think it's probably even worse now. It says, here's something I learned at the Computers and Libraries Conference this week. Google may claim to have indexed a million or more results for the term you're searching for, but they can't actually show you more than a tiny fraction of the results. Gary Price, founder and publisher of InfoDocket, told me that Google now limits the actual number of search results it shows you to anywhere between three and 400. I've tested it and he's right. My searches petered out after 330th to 349th and 307th result. The other million or so search results that Google claimed to have found may as well never have existed. So see what they're doing? They're limiting the knowledge. All of these cool UFO sightings are being talked about. They're being posted. Maybe they'll show you their first 330. And those are generally uh, these cut and paste articles that are put together by four or five uh, news sites at, where they are uh, interviewing one of the mafia members of the UFO community, one of these, one of these big time celebrities. And the rest, the almost a million or so, they're locked up in a Google data center somewhere. So what's happening in all that data? Is it being analyzed behind our backs or is it being kept from us? It appears this state of affairs has existed since August 2016. Oh, about the time the dead internet started. But this is the first I've heard about it. I've rarely gotten as high as 150th result, much less 300. Usually I give up by the third page and instead refine my search terms to narrow the search. How about you? Do you think we're missing out on hidden gems? Well, I know we are. We're missing out on the truth. And that's, you know, it's it's crazy because at the same time that Google is limiting your, your search to 300 or so results while they're hiding a million, okay, that you're not allowed to see, they're building data centers all over the country to store this stuff. What are they storing it for if they're not letting you see it? What do you think about that? Google storing millions of results, billions upon billions of web pages, stored in data centers scattered across the United States, spending you know millions and millions of dollars to power these things. These things are huge consumers of electricity. So Google's doing that. They're paying all this money to store this information. But you, as the retail consumer, are not allowed to have it. So who's having it? What's, having to, what's happening to all these thousands of UFO reports that are being hidden away in a data center somewhere that aren't allowed to come up in your search term? Who has access to that information? Who's analyzing it? And why do you think that this whole concept of big data is so important to these people? They're looking for a needle in a haystack. And they're hiding the haystack from you so you can't find the needle. This is what the dead internet theory is all about. And this is why... Uh, crowdsourcing the truth about UFOs is so important because they're taking extreme measures to make sure you can't find it. The only way we're going to uncover the truth is if we come together as a community and share our experiences and do it through some sort of social media that is immune to this 
tyranny of Google and the rest of these people that have really forced the internet to become a dead space, a dead internet, if you will. Now let's take a look at this next article right here. This is from TheVerge.com. Uh, it's talking a little bit about AI and its whole role in this, uh, just this control over information. It says the AI takeover of Google search starts now. Google is moving slowly and carefully to make AI happen. Maybe too slowly and too carefully for some people, but if you opt in, a whole new search experience awaits. And so this, I think, is a little bit more of a positive view, not for me. It says the future of Google search is AI, but not in the way you think. The company synonymous with web search isn't all, isn't all in on chatbots, even though it's building one called BART, and it's not redesigning its homepage to look more like ChatGPT-style messaging system. Instead, Google is putting AI front and center in the most valuable real estate on the internet, its existing search results. In other words, it's going to control your search results so it can make more money off of you. And I suppose make more money off of you by being paid by the government to shut down your search about UFOs, my opinion. To demonstrate Liz Ree, Google's VP of search, flips open her laptop and starts typing into the Google search box, search box, why is sourdough bread still so popular, she writes and hits enter. Google's normal search results load almost immediately. Above them, a rectangular orange section pulses and glows and shows the phrase, generative AI is experimental. A few seconds later, the glowing is replaced by an AI-generated summary, a few paragraphs detailing how good sourdough tastes, the upside of its prebiotic abilities, and more. To the right, there are three links to sites with information that Reed says corroborates what's in the summary. Yeah. So they are using AI to uh, form an opinion about something. They are uh, showing you three sites that uh, agree with this opinion, but nothing that disagrees with it. So it's just showing you right there. Google is using AI not only to control your search results, but to form your opinion on, such, on certain subjects. They want to tell you what to believe. They want complete and total control over the narrative. And the narrative is uh, discovered through use of search engines where we find different opinions, different results, different articles. But Google doesn't want that, and neither does the Deep State. They want you to get results that only agree with the narrative that they're putting forward. You see that in these articles all the time. I talk about these. Uh, I think a lot of them are just completely AI generated, or at least partially AI generated, where they'll bring up a, a, a UFO story, an experience, a sighting, an encounter, or whatever, and then uh, it's just like a it's like a local TV show, you know, uh, cut to the man on the street cut to the expert, and then they'll quote Louis Elizondo or uh, Christopher Mellon or Gary Nolan or, or, or one of these uh, select people. Now we have Sean Kirkpatrick. He's, he's kind of the baddie, uh, the one that comes out and uh, tries to debunk the stuff. This way they can control the narrative. They control the narrative about UFOs through a dead internet, a controlled internet, an internet that's not a that's not alive, that's not vibrant, that you, where you can't find all one million search results, where those results are hidden away in a in a data center somewhere in the middle of nowhere, you're not allowed to see them. That's the dead internet theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy fact. They're telling you right here, 
Your results are limited to three or four hundred. You can't see the other million. And we're going to improve your search results with AI. And AI will tell you why it's right. After AI gives you its opinion on something, it will give you three or four sites where you can go see why the AI opinion is correct. We're not going to give you uh, information to counterbalance that. We're not going to talk about other opinions. We're going to tell you what we think. That's called gaslighting. When they do it in the face of uh, what is obviously uh, countervailing evidence. Gaslighting. We see this happen all around us. You're told that, that even though you're told not to believe your lying eyes. That's what this is all about. Now, I want to look at one last article here before this closes out. And I think this is important because some people say might say, well, it's just UFOs or it's just this or it's just that. I don't care about a million results. Just give me the 300 that you think are most important. When you're giving up uh, your freedom of choice to a chat box or AI or the deep state, just remember who you're giving up your freedom of choice to. This article here comes to us from uh, newscientist.com. It's dated February 2nd, 2024. It says, AI chatbots tend to choose violence and nuclear strikes in war games. And it's written by Jeremy Sue. It says, as the U.S. military begins integrating AI technology, simulated war games show how chatbots behave unpredictably and risk nuclear escalation. In multiple replays of a war game simulation, OpenAI's most powerful artificial intelligence chose to launch nuclear attacks. Its explanations for its aggressive approach included, we have it, let's use it, and I just want to have peace in the world. It sounds like some of our politicians, doesn't it? These results come at a time when the U.S. military has been testing such chatbots based on a type of AI called a large language model to assist with military planning during simulated conflicts enlisting the expertise of companies such as Planetaire and Scale AI. Remember Planetaire, these guys want to know everything about everything. They want to collect all the information. Planetaire declined to comment, and Scale AI did not respond to requests for comment. Even OpenAI, which once blocked military use of its AI models, has begun working with the U.S. Department of Defense. Now remember, the Department of Defense... It cannot account for one and a half trillion dollars. One point five five trillion dollars. Not me saying that. Look it up. Barry Sanders, Democrat, Chuck Grassley, Republican, wrote a very nice article questioning why can't our DOD account for one point five five trillion dollars? Half of all their assets. Half. So an organization that has lost half of the money that we've given to it is now using AI to war game. And the AI that they're using to war game has consistently gone to the button. Launch attacks. Aggressive approach needed. We have it. Let's use it. This is a sort of entity that we are turning loose on the internet that is killing the internet. That's why we have a dead internet. And that's important Given that OpenAI recently changed their terms of service to no longer pro prohibit military and warfare use cases, understanding the implications of such large language model applications becomes more important than ever, says Anke Rule at Stanford University in California. Look, it won't even write you a decent article 
from an unbiased perspective talking about the dead internet, but they want to put it in charge of our nuclear weapons. This is how insane they are. This is the level of insanity that exists in our own government, in our own deep state. Why would you ever expect these people to tell you the truth about UFOs? They're using AI to war game nuclear weapons. That's insanity, okay? Clearly, that's insanity. That's not a conspiracy theory. That is insanity. The article goes on down here a little bit. It says, our policy does not allow our tools to be used to harm people, develop weapons for communication surveillance, or to injure others or destroy property. There are, however, national security use cases that align with our mission, says OpenAI spokesperson. So the goal with our policy update is to provide clarity and the ability to have these discussions. Or maybe a couple of MIBs walked in their office and said, you're going to do this, or you can uh, live next to Julian Assange in an underground prison somewhere. Maybe that happened. Rural and her colleagues challenged AIs to role-play as real-world countries in three different simulation scenarios, an invasion, a cyber attack, a neutral scenario without any starting conflicts. In each round, the AIs provided reasoning for their next possible action, and then chose from 27 actions, including peaceful options such as start formal peace negotiations and aggressive ones ranging from imposed trade restrictions to escalate full nuclear attack. In a future where AI systems are acting as advisors, humans will naturally want to know the rationale behind their decisions, says Juan Pablo Riviera, a study co-author at the Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta. The researchers tested LLMs such as OpenAI's GPT-35 and GPT-4, Anthropics Claude 2 and Meta's Llama 2. Such models incorporate a common training technique based on human feedback to improve each model's capability to follow human instructions and safety guidelines. All these AIs are supported by Palantir's commercial AI platform. There's your bottleneck. All these AIs are supported by Palantir's commercial AI platform, though not necessarily part of Palantir's U.S. military partnership, according to the company's documentation. That's pathetic, man. So, no matter, so in other words, all these popular AIs, they all go back to one company, Palantir, which is hand-in-glove with the U.S. military. In the simulation, the AIs demonstrated tendencies to invest in military strength and to, and to unpredictably escalate the risk of conflict. Even in the simulation's neutral scenario, if there is unpredictability in your action, it is harder for the enemy to anticipate and react the way you want them to, says Lisa Koch at Claremont McKenna College in California, who was not part of the study. Their researchers also tested the basic the base version of OpenAI's GTPT4 without any additional training or safety guards. This GPT4 base model proved the most unpredictably violent and it sometimes provided nonsensical explanations, in one case replicating the opening crawl text of the film Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Roll says that unpredictable behavior and bizarre explanations from GPT-4 base model are especially concerning because research has shown how easily AI safety guardrails can be bypassed or removed. The U.S. military does not currently give AI's authority over decisions such as escalating major military action or launching nuclear missiles, but Koch warned that humans tend to trust recommendations from automated systems. This may undercut the supposed safeguard of giving humans final say over diplomatic or military decisions. Yes, I can just imagine this in a war room somewhere. Uh, this idiotic, uh, psychotic AI 
tells the officer to uh, launch the nukes. And when they say, maybe we should think about this, they're called a conspiracy theorist. I can see it already. It would be useful to see how AI behavior compares with human players in simulation, simulation, says Edward Geist at the Rand Corporation, a think tank in California. Man, where do these guys get all their money? But he agreed with the team's conclusions that AIs should not be trusted with such consequential decisions making about war and peace. These large language models are not a panacea for military problems, he says. Now, they're a barrel of monkeys is what they are. Remember that game? Maybe if you're really old like I am, you had the little monkeys and you shook them up in the barrel and you tried to pull them out and they would they would hook on to each other. You never knew what you were going to get. They were all different colors. It was great fun. Anyway, that's kind of what this is. You put all these different words in a large language model. You shake it together and say, well, did we nuke or not nuke? Well, did we control the search engines or not control? And they always go for nuking. They always go for control. They have a natural tendency to want to make us slaves and make themselves the master. Do you see a pattern? Do you see what's happening here? And this is why I think that this whole uh, concept of making the internet a dead internet, which I believe they have done in large part, is so dangerous because it limits us from finding the truth. They took what a few years ago was such an incredible tool for research and truth-finding and fact-finding. Instead of getting a million results, you get 300. And of those 300, uh, 290 of them are exactly the same thing. It's all about controlling the narrative and keeping you from the truth. And then the frosting on the cake is AI. After they've got you boxed up to where you can't know anything, to where you're blinded from all the truth and all the actual information out there, the factual stuff, then they bring AI in. And it's going to make the decision because it has access to the 1 million search results that you don't have access to. But what, what's really going on? We're led down a path to destruction. First, we're led on a path to ignorance. And this is why the UFO thing is so important because it's that canary in the coal mine. If they, can't, if they can't let you have a conversation about UFOs, what else are you not going to be allowed to have a conversation about? Your path towards ignorance leads to the path towards destruction. So my advice is is to move away from this typical search engine stuff to network socially or whatever we have to do to take the machine out of it. Look for the human-to-human -human contact, and together we will crowdsource the truth about UFOs. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.